0: Litcentric Radio is sponsored by Booktaco, an online program for managing independent reading in grades K-8. Booktaco is an affordable alternative to accelerated reader with an engaging, inclusive environment for the diverse students you serve. Vocabulary acquisition is key to improving reading comprehension. Booktaco supports students' vocabulary development with meaningful and engaging online activities. I'll tell you more about them later on in the episode. Hey, welcome back to Litcentric Radio, the podcast that's a literacy coach in your pocket. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Webb. Well, I really can't believe it, but today marks 50 episodes of Litcentric Radio. Wow, 50. That feels like such a big number. <laughs> I really want to celebrate this occasion with a special offer for you. It's really only for Litcentric Radio listeners. So I'm giving all of you 25% off all my soundalong programs at letcentric.com now soundalong programs incorporate music visuals and hands-on practice through differentiated instruction and there's a couple of different options for you they're really designed for the kind of the t- k2 k3 crowd the first program is sound Along alphabet and it's designed for pre-k and kindergarten students and some intervention students maybe in first grade who need some support with letters and sounds And in this program, we work through learning phonological awareness, the alphabet, letters and sound, and all the way through consonant-vowel-consonant or CVC words. In the Sound Along Phonics program, that program is designed for first and second grade students, and any students who need intervention with particular phonemes. So in that program, we're um, you know learning about digraphs and. Um, you know, different vowel teams and things like that, really the next level beyond what a CVC kind of word uh, spelling would need. Finally, we have sound along phonics remote learning. So this is really an add-on component for those of us who are in distance learning model or a hybrid model right now, or if you want to provide extra practice for students at home, this is a set of lessons that mirrors the phonics lessons that you would do in the sound along phonics program. But it's a video series where you can assign students particular videos based on a phoneme that they're practicing, and the students do word building lessons that they can follow along with independently. So it's a little bit different than, of course, what you'd see in the classroom or the live active instruction from the teacher. So there's several supports there with Sound Along. And I want you to make sure you take advantage of this 25% off special offer by logging on to letcentric.com, go to the Shop tab. And then hit the reading button. And if you enter the coupon code RADIO50 when you're purchasing either Sound Along Alphabet, Sound Along Phonics, or Sound Along Phonics Remote Learning, that coupon code RADIO50 will get you 25% off um, of any of those products. So I want you to act fast. This expires on Friday, August 21st, 2020, uh, but I really wanted to celebrate the occasion of those 50 episodes, and thank you for being a loyal listener. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at personification with the text, The Proudest Blue. Now, The Proudest Blue is by Ibtahaj Muhammad um, with S.K. Ali. So it's kind of a combination of authors there, and it's illustrated by Hatem Ali. So why I love this book is it really gives me all the feels, honestly. It really, it shows the special love between sisters and the proud cultural bond that they share, along with really the dignity and courage that it takes to stand kind of in your own element and truly be seen. One of the reasons I chose this text uh, to be early on in our episodes here in season five of eccentric Radio Is because I think this is a wonderful community building book, even though it's a book about individuals um, and really kind of how individuals can shine in a lot of different ways. um, I really think it's a great one for encouraging building community in your classroom and having conversations about our differences, our similarities and kind of just the, you know, the special things that make people unique. So one of the reasons beyond that, that I really like to use it, is for personification. Now, if uh, you remember, personification is when an inanimate object uh, takes on the characteristics or the actions of a human being, Okay, and that's obviously through writing. And there's lots of opportunities to practice and explore figurative language in this book because there's similes and metaphors and things like that. But there's one line in particular that's really striking enough to really unpack and magnify, and I'm going to share it with you today because it's the one line that truly shows personification really clearly in the text, and I think it's something that kids can easily miss, and there's really rich opportunities with it. So let's take a look at today's text. Now, The Proudest Blue is based on a true story as told by one of the authors, Ibtihaj Muhammad. Now, Uh, Miss Muhammad is the first Muslim American woman to compete in the Olympics for the United States, and she actually won bronze in fencing. So how cool is that? I mean, fencing is a really neat sport anyways, but to actually have um, our first female Muslim American woman to actually compete, much less medal, is really exciting. And not only that, she was the first woman to actually compete wearing hijab. And so it was so exciting because not only was it the first, but because this is such part of her culture and her way of life, she has really done an amazing job of helping to normalize um, hijabs in American society, where in some places of our country, some people might not have seen someone wearing hijab before. But the cool part is, is that through the normalizing efforts, just because of representing who she is and standing in her own element, um, she even got sponsored by Nike. They made a sport hijab specifically for her, and uh, it was the first of its kind. And so, um, it's just exciting to see how inclusive we can be, you know, so easily and quickly, just by someone, you know, really being who they are. And so, her success is really remarkable. And um, I really encourage you to look her up online. She's got an amazing website, and there's some really great interviews with her. Um, obviously, because. Um, you know, being an Olympic athlete, there's a, she has a lot of visibility because of that. And she, has, uh, she just has a wonderful way about her. And I think she can be a really strong role model for all children in a lot of different ways. She's really, uh, the intersectionality of her is really interesting. So The Proudest Blue is a story about two sisters, Asiya and Faisa. And they're actually, those are the names of the author's uh, sisters in real life. And this is their first day of school. And it's a very special first day of school because Asiya, the older sister, will be wearing hijab for the first time. And it's told uh, through the perspective of a younger sister, Faiza, who really admires her sister and is also very protective of her. Now, Faiza has really great language for how she portrays the experience and the tiny details that only a kind of a first grader would notice make it really lovable. Taco offers students so many options for practicing specific vocabulary from the books they're reading independently. Developing academic language like vocabulary is essential for reading and writing success. You know it, I know it, and Book Taco knows it too. With BookTaco, students read some of the most popular books on the market and practice literacy skills through a fun online platform. To improve their comprehension of those books, Students log in to Book Taco and can choose from over half a dozen activities that support their understanding of key vocabulary the authors used. Students are introduced to words on the screen and have access to definitions, examples of the words used in sentences, and they can even listen to the word being pronounced correctly. For some of our students, this might be the first time they've ever encountered one of these words, so knowing how it's pronounced will be key as they move on to other practice activities in BookTaco. Students can choose from several fun practice activities, like Word Jumble, where they build multisyllabic words with context clues, and Word Ladder, where a self-checking quiz combines spelling practice with word definitions. My favorite is scrambled sentences. It's just like cut-up sentences that we might be using during guided reading, where students are given the words to a familiar sentence and they have to put them in order and assemble the sentence correctly. This improves vocabulary by reinforcing the meaning of the word used in a specific context. It's a meaningful way to practice actually using the new word that students are learning, and it feels like an interactive game, so students are sure to stay engaged. I love the fact that as a teacher, I can go into the Book Taco system and select the vocabulary activities I want my students to complete. I can turn them on or off for specific students, or at specific points in the school year to better match the vocabulary development of my students. You can see what I mean by logging on to booktaco.com and poking around the vocabulary activities with one of your favorite books. That's booktaco.com. But we're really focusing our efforts on personification. And remember, that's when in writing, we take an object and describe it as though it's behaving or interacting with others like a human would. We give it kind of uh, person qualities, personal qualities. So there's a beautiful line in the text um, when Faiza is saying goodbye to Asiya, Asiya has dropped her off, um, you know, at her line at school and Asiya is walking over to the sixth graders to join her line. And they give each other a hug and Asiya walks away with her uh, beautiful blue hijab um, on her head and her younger sister Faiza says, her hijab smiles at me the whole way. So it's a really cool line that i think oh that's sweet you know she looks at her sister she really admires her she thinks her hijab is beautiful you know she looks forward to the day where she wears one however this line is a beautiful sentence that uses personification and i think we could easily miss the opportunity to talk about it so i like the idea of zeroing in on just literally one line in the entire book and elevating that so that students get an understanding of why that line is so special and how they might use a special line like that in their own writing. So when we build this chart, I would actually start with a simple image to remind students of what personification is. And I would probably draw some some type of object, just like a box, you know, something really basic that you can draw, and then a plus sign, and then a stick person, right? Just to show that we're talking about an object that we're now t- is now taking on the characteristics of a person or the behavior of a person. And what I like to do here is we are focusing students on really um, a bridge chart that helps them build one sentence. If you think about it, we often tell kids to be more descriptive. We want them to use figurative language, but if we use too much description and too much figurative language, it really bogs down their writing and none of those sentences become special enough, right? Because there's so many of so much description, so many of the same types of things going on. All the devices kind of run into each other. And instead, we can show them how one really well written, well placed sentence can be extra special in a piece. And that's what that line, her hijab smiles at me the whole way, is really doing in the text, The Proudest Blue. Now we can talk with students about the hijab, which is the head scarf, right? And that is the object. And the headscarf in this context is smiling at Faisa, the younger sister. Now we know a headscarf or hijab cannot smile, right? It doesn't have a face, it's just fabric. Um, But it's an example of the object taking on the actions or characteristics or behaviors of a person. So a hijab is smiling um, and that's really the example that we're trying to provide for students. So in this chart, what I like to do with them is um, I'm gonna be writing part of the chart and they're gonna be writing part of the chart. So we just have basically a two column chart. We have verbs on one side and nouns on the other. It's pretty basic. I would label it personification, you know, with the object plus person image. I would probably even put that sentence or that quote, her hijab smiles at me the whole way. I'll go ahead and put that along the top. On the verb side, this is the part that students are gonna help me write, but I'll act as the scribe. And we go through and and reread uh, the Proudest Blue. We've already read it and talked about our text-minute questions, but now we're going to reread it and go on a verb hunt. And we're going to comb through and pull out verbs from every page, but the verbs we think are kind of the most special. Um, verbs like, you know, talk or, you know, move or something like that probably aren't the most dynamic. So I'm gonna encourage students to really pull out the ones that they think are extra special. And there are a lot of them in this text because the authors have done a really good job of making sure that some of their description comes through the verbs and not only through adjectives. And that's something that really strong writers know how to do. So I can communicate that to my students. And some of the verbs that we might pull out are like squint, twirl, curtsy, wonder, pound, wave, there's all these different verbs um, going on. If students give me a verb that maybe isn't so interesting, like talk, I'll put it up there anyways, right? Because it, it's not as though it's not a verb and it doesn't matter. It may not be the most interesting one. I probably won't model from it, but there's no reason you can't add it. So if they, if they recognize a verb, great, let's put it on the chart. So we've got a list of about oh, 10 to 12 verbs here. Of course, you can add more. And now on the noun side, this is where the students are gonna be picking up their own pencils and papers. I'm gonna pass out um, some type of sticky note, and I like to have students work in partners most of the time, but this is definitely something that I think every child could have their own sticky note, even if they do chat with a partner, which I encourage them to do. I think each person can definitely come up with their own noun. Um, These nouns are not people, because we know nouns are a person, place, or thing. These are mostly gonna be things, You could also do a place though, that would work too, but we don't wanna do a person because the object uh, that we are, um, the object is going to take on the characteristics of the person, right? So we don't want the object to be a person, if that makes sense, we wanna eliminate that. So um, I'm gonna ask students to pick any object. Again, it could be a place, but I'm gonna focus on objects. Any object noun that uh, they either can come up with their imagination or that they see around the room. And uh, really the more mundane, the better, uh, but they can come up with whatever they like. So they might come up with something like pencil or spoon or palm tree or window, any of those things, whatever they like. They can also think about maybe a piece they're currently writing or they're going to be writing and choose an object from that piece. So if they're going to write, you know, retell golden locks and three bears, they might choose the word chair because they know that that object is going to be in the story. And that way they can work on writing this one personification sentence around that object and insert it into their story. So it just creates a connection between why we're doing this activity and only writing one sentence and how we can lift that sentence and add it to a bigger piece that we can work on later. So um, from our chart, now we're going to work on building our own personification sentences. So we're going to pull a verb, and then we're going to attach it to a noun from our chart, and then we're going to go ahead and complete the sentence. So an example of this could be uh, maybe the word the verb wave, and on the noun side, someone has palm tree. So palm trees do wave a little bit, right? They can uh, wiggle back and forth. But... We're going to say this instead, the palm tree waves goodbye as we leave the beach. Okay, so it's not just waving, it's waving goodbye. And that's something only a person would do, right? Another example could be uh, the verb twirl. That's a wonderful verb. And maybe the noun uh, spoon. So we could say the spoon twirls around the bowl when my dad mixes up the pancake batter. Right, something like that. So the spoon, of course, isn't twirling on its own. And that's definitely something we wouldn't think of a, of a spoon doing. We think of a person doing it. Right. But that's the personification side of things. So I just want to show students this is a chance to be a little clever and creative. Um, and if they want to get a little bit goofy with some of their nouns and sentences, that's fine with me as long it's a, as it's a good representation of personification. One other thing I want to point out in this particular chart that I want you to be sensitive to is the verb tense that we're using in this chart. And this is in particular important for your English language learners who uh, may not easily pick up on this and may need some support or instruction around. Um, Some of your English uh, speakers may also not pick up on this. So it's just something to note. The example from the text, her hijab smiles at me the whole way. uh, Smiles is an active verb, right? It's a present tense verb happening now. And most of the time when we're thinking of narratives, we're writing in the past tense, her hijab smiled at me. But I chose in the examples that I did with students to stick with the present tense because it matches what was in the text. And I actually think it it makes the sentences a little more powerful to all of a sudden switch into this present tense mode, even if it's inserted in a narrative that's mostly past tense. if a student decides to change it to the past tense, I'm perfectly fine with that. I just want to make sure that students are aware of that. Um, and if you want to require one versus the other, present tense versus past tense or that kind of thing, you decide. But I just want to make sure students recognize that there's that's what's happening there because that can support their development um, in a more obvious way. So I hope that you'll check out The Proudest Blue. I think a lot of you probably have seen this book before. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. The Illustrations are amazing. And if you think about the title, The Proudest Blue, that really is personification itself, isn't it? Because blue isn't really proud on its own, right? Pride is something that a human experiences, not a color. So that itself is a way to show students how personification can be elevated uh, in that particular way and put right on the cover of the book in the form of the title. So make sure to try out The Proudest Blue with your students. You can always get a copy of the lessons on the Centric Radio at litcentric.com in the shop tab. And I hope you'll join litcentric insiders. That's my email newsletter. If you go to litcentric.com and the homepage about halfway down, you'll scroll down and find the button to join us. And that's where I uh, let you know when new episodes drop. And I give away freebies and special offers and things like that throughout the year. And that's a way for you to also contact me. So I hope that you will enjoy The Proudest Blue with your students and have a great day at school.